Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Funnelocity, the B2B podcast that aims to bring you honest talk around real strategies that can help you build a high-performance sales and marketing funnel. I'm Enrico, president of Market One, and your host. For today's episode, we're, we're getting to grips with a challenge that has affected businesses everywhere around the world uh, over this past year. And as usual, we're looking at it through a B2B lens. So how do you continue selling effectively when face-to-face meetings are off the table and prospects are impossible to reach because they're all working from home? To look into this topic in more detail and hopefully provide our listeners with some insights and in how our own sales development teams have been addressing it, I'm delighted to welcome Brad Fijak and Theo Siavis from, our, from the Market One office in sunny Australia. So Brad, Brad, with 20 years of demand gen and IT sector experience, has been working at Market One for 12 years, starting off in London, where he managed largely European-focused projects before relocating to Melbourne to lead the teams in driving successful engagement, engagements across the APAC region. Brad is now regional VP and is working with a number of our key clients to maximize results in APAC. Welcome to the podcast, Brad. Great. Thanks for having me, Enrico. Excited to have a chat. And Theo, also based in Melbourne, leads our regional strategy and consulting team with extensive experience in sales and marketing, both client side and with Market One. Theo works across our client base to design integrated programs with a heavy focus on IBM that help our clients hit their pipeline targets. Welcome to Funnelocity, Theo. Thanks, Enrico. Great to be here. Right, guys. So let's, uh, let's start with the obvious question. You know, what new challenges has this pandemic brought about? Brad, let's, let's start with you. Yeah, thanks, Enrico. And I think it's no secret, obviously, that there's been a significant impact across the globe due to COVID. Um, APAC region has certainly not been immune to the global impact um, in the pandemic. Um, and obviously, it's brought about its own set of unique challenges uh, similar to Europe with a lot of language complexities and different marketing tactics in different regions. Um, and I think initially, as I said, like across the globe, there was an initial panic um, where uh, marketers certainly found what, what is the tactic, what is the strategy, how do we re-engage, what do we, how do we reassess our programs um, moving forward. Um, and I think obviously from a sales perspective, there was an initial panic where budgets were put on hold and some freezes put in place. So the larger deals that were on the table for a lot of our clients kind of got put on hold or canceled altogether until there was some sort of clarity around how the pandemic was going to play out. Um, I think from a marketing perspective, the, the most obvious one was trade shows and face events, which are the staple of most of the uh, marketing tactics that are deployed across our clients uh, across the globe or across the region to as a lead generating engine as such, um, obviously had, had to come to a grinding to a halt and has become a more of a virtual presence. So, there was a, a big scramble to figure that out and how do they move forward with that. And of course, some of these were done pretty well as it, some of our clients transitioned to the virtual world pretty well. Some of them were pretty awkward, to be honest, and didn't quite hit the, the nail on the head as it were and didn't quite strike a chord with some of the customer base. Um, so there was a short, sharp learning curve around this. And I think it's, it's really changed up how uh, our marketers in the region are looking at how do they address and the target their audiences moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I might just add to that, that 
I think as a as an agency working with clients in the region, we're definitely feeling sort of marketing pain points today. Um, what we're seeing almost universally across our client base is that um, MQLs are no longer the metric to hit for marketers. Um, what I mean by this is if you look at a pre-pandemic, pre-COVID world, um, impressions, clicks, form fills were all fantastic and they were kind of seen as a win for marketing to generate that engagement with target accounts. Um, but what we're seeing now is that marketers are being held for hard pipeline targets um, and it's no longer just attributed pipeline or a sort of marketing contributed pipeline. It's actual closed one deals. So when we're having conversations in the region, it's how do I get quality leads? How do I get leads that are going to convert, turn into opportunities for my sales team and then close into one deals considering the current environment? Um, we're kind of at the stage where we've had to accept face-to-face -face meetings aren't coming back anytime soon or in the limited quality uh, quantity. You know, the trade shows, as Brad mentioned, are gone. Teleconversations are harder than ever because everyone is working from home. So, you know, with all of our clients in the region now, we're working to navigate this kind of this landscape, this environment uh, to maximize the opportunities that they do have uh, with their marketing programs. So you, you both laid out really well what the challenges are uh, faced by B2B marketers, certainly not just in your region, but, but globally. Brad, I guess, where, where, did the, where did you guys focus initially? what areas yeah so i think initially the the first portion uh the first kind of step we took was a lot of our clients is ensuring that they have accurate data to be able to to make sure they can still engage with their, their, their market audience um i think a big part of this is the companies quickly realized that actually yes we have known contacts but actually we don't have all their relevant contact information so as Theo alluded to, reaching out to, to prospects and from a cold calling perspective, you don't have their mobile phone number because they're no longer in the office, became a very, very challenging exercise. Um, and if you don't have their marketing opt-in to try and drive digital engagement, again, it becomes a, a very difficult uh, a process. So a lot of the initial phase, we really worked with a lot of clients in figuring out how can we help them create and build an accurate database um, any marketing activity without obviously a, a good database is is hard to execute, um, and no more than ever data is king um, in being able to obviously reach out to your your prospects and your contacts. Um, again, it was very hard to execute, and the prospects obviously were suddenly no longer reachable through the traditional methods. Um, so we definitely saw email engagement rates coming up um, with the prospects who were opted in, but if we didn't have opt-ins prospects were out of reach um, and that dried up the funnel. So it obviously had a widespread impact on the marketing activities across the region, but also definitely had an increase on sales metrics as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to make things worse and sort of compounding the issue is the fact that, you know, without the, the difficulty of engaging the audience, the difficulty of connecting with the right stakeholders um, is the massive uncertainty in the market due to the pandemic. So um, what we were seeing kind of across the board um, in terms of the campaigns that we're running um, is that the band criteria has fundamentally changed. Uh, the decision-making process within organizations has changed. Um, so if you think about what happened initially when the pandemic hit, 
budgets were frozen, timelines were basically put on hold indefinitely um, while uh, organizations tried to figure out you know where this is going, where the uh, where the uh, globe is going with the pandemic, and how what business is going to start to look like again. Um, so the, the looking at you know driving engagement, getting contacts into the funnel is one challenge, but then the whole band criteria has changed. So uh, the mandate for band from sales um, has needed to change with it. Um, so if you think about the traditional model, uh, there needs to be a secured budget, secured approved budget, needs to be the right stakeholder with the authority to make a purchase decision. There has to be a business need or pain point they're trying to address and has to be a secured in timeline. Typically from our customer base, it's that sort of three to six month window um, that they're looking for where um, that's what sales accepts. Um, so we've gotten to the point where we're working with marketers and we're working with sales to help navigate this new environment. So the decision-making process is now far longer. So three-month leads are much harder to get. Um, the, the contributors and the buying groups and the buying behaviors within those accounts, so the approval process is more complex more people need to be involved. So if you're thinking from an ABM or T1 targeted account perspective, it's much more challenging. And so this impacts how we go to market across the board from uh, nurture plays to telemarketing to digital engagement. Right, so I guess in summary, we can say that there's a need to rethink data strategy and the, and the BAT mandate. And um, I guess, Brad, are you seeing any other trends out there? Yeah, I think, there's definitely been in the wave of the pandemic there's been a, a few research papers that have come out and published on several different topics um i can refer directly to there's a paper that came out from the uh, Mark, uh, australian marketing institute recently uh, called orchestrated uh, which called out the fact that 67 percent of the marketers who actually responded to the paper to the research felt that the pandemic was directly relating to them missing their goals um for 2020 um and this was again highlighted the, the top three areas that the marketers in the ANZ region felt that needed still needed to be addressed in the current state, which was towards the end of 2020, where there was still a, um, uncertainty in the region, and now moving into 2021, which was around how do we grow and measure our brand awareness and health? How do we generate and nurture more leads? Um, and then lastly, is how do we deal with the lasting impact of COVID? So there's still a lot of anxiety, it seems, in the marketplace right now where the marketers aren't sure just yet on how, what's the best step forward for um, their marketing tactics. Uh, but one of the interesting pieces that jumped out and we had a bit of experience with was in one of the research papers, pieces in the research paper, it focused on how, yes, marketing automation is still the cornerstone of the MarTech stack. Um, however, 12% of the responders to that paper also mentioned that they have looked at investi investing in sales engagement or outreach platforms. Um, this is interesting because it's obviously apparent that throughout the pandemic and throughout 2020, outbound calling on its own is just hasn't been cutting the mustard. Um, engagement rates are lower than ever. We're still getting leads, but they're fewer and harder to come by. As, in, as Theo pointed out, their sales cycles are taking longer. So it's really a whole suite of strategies that are going to come together to create this um, kind of new world of telemarketing as such as, as, a, as a component of the, the wider marketing function. 
Um, so this is why sales engagement platforms will need, I think, a lot more focus moving forward. Um, and I expect to see that there will be a significant investment in this space moving to 2021 and beyond. Um, and I know for a fact that we trialed a couple of these platforms with some of our key customers during the pandemic, and especially during lockdowns in 2020. Um, and to be honest, the, re the results speak for themselves. Um, we are big advocates of this type of technology, and we think that moving into a new world, as it were, of telemarketing, utilizing the sales engagement platforms that are out there are only going to um, help drive the, the telemarketing component of the lead generating component of marketing forward into, into the post-pandemic kind of world. So Brad, I really like what you're, what, you're, what you're calling out here, and I wanna dig into this, this concept of a sales engagement or outreach platform um, in more detail. But, but first, I wanna just ask Theo, what are some of the things that we're doing in the region to help clients, um, I guess, pivot and, and, and develop better engagement programs in this environment? Yeah, great. So I think you might say we're kind of going back to the fundamentals um, and just relooking how we approach it. Um, you know, conversations over the last decade have been around big data and how there's so much information out there and organizations need to know how to use it, how to track it and how to keep on top of it that day you could say has come now um, where we're seeing the data accuracy, the records in customer databases, um, both contact and firmographic information are key. Um, so what we're doing um, to support our clients is obviously ensuring their database is clean and ready to be used from a contact firmographic level. Um, we're also developing data plans. So um, if they're moving towards, you know, targeting a few core key accounts versus batch and blast into the market, what is the database that they need to support that um, what are the fields and the insights they need to drive those the content um, and then we look at how we start to capture it um, we've always you know focused on our core lead generation services now we've gone into how do we look at the the buyer journey and that decision making process that's been extended out um, so we're looking at engagement programs that are longer tail now you know, a four to six week campaign might not necessarily cut it um, because your chance of finding somebody to ready to buy them there is far slimmer. Um, and then it's kind of around creating content um, that addresses this new environment um, and the new business priorities. So um, if you think about uncertainty in the market, um, organizations might be hesitant to make investments with a new technology or a new brand they're unfamiliar with or haven't operated with before. Um, they might be uncertain in making any kind of technology investments um, that they can't see direct ROI out of the back, off the back of. Um, so we're creating content that addresses the typical concerns we're seeing with this sort of new normal that we might call it. I mean, I'm intrigued by this new buyer journey and the impact that has on, on clients' uh, account-based marketing programs. So we'll, we'll definitely cycle back through that in just a second, Theo. But first, Brad, I wanted to ask you about our customers, kind of what are we hearing from them? You know, what's working and what's not? Yeah, great question. And I think, as I mentioned at the start, like there was an initial panic from some of our customers who realized that the sales teams were all of a sudden having to quickly backfill um, pipeline and their pipelines were drying up because all of the, the leads 
that they were um, banking on coming through from their trade shows and events, etc., um, just were not going to be there. Um, and this caused, obviously, the organizations to restructure, to refocus priorities, um, obviously to add stricter targets to what they were looking for. Um, and the panic also caused by the need to backfill pre-COVID pipeline and alarm to the kind of short-term full band leads that they were still trying to, to capture, which we know were harder than ever to find. Um, marketers obviously were expected to look for the quickest way to fill this gap in the market, in their, in their marketing funnel. And this primarily result re- revolved around tactics like purchasing data lists or content syndication and with a heavy emphasis on the cold calling or the prospecting, teleprospecting in approach um, anything where they could reach as many contacts as possible and try and drive as much uh, engagement as possible um, when they don't necessarily have um, a, a, a suitable marketable database to, to use, so capturing new data. Um, as you can imagine, obviously a lot of these challenges caused by the pandemic, like frozen budgets and blown out timelines, resulted in a lot of budgets being burnt um, and targets being missed. So a lot of trial and error on certain tactics um, specifically with things like purchasing lists um, and then doing some cold calling into them. And they, obviously these tactics had varying degrees of success, but largely they'll just never compete um, on a conversion, when the conversion rates with a more sophisticated integrated program that we're more used to running um, that uses digital engagement to drive contacts to the telemarketing team to have a more telequalification type approach. Um, this obviously always helps fill the funnel with more meaningful leads um, which is, is what we try to do with a lot of our clients. Again, this kind of sentiment was echoed through the research paper that I mentioned before, where um, the top five marketing investments that are planned for 2021 are still focusing around content development, web and CEO, uh, digital advertising and online events. Um, and again, I believe that this approach will bring a lot of these, you need to bring all these elements together rather than running them individually um, as siloed quick win type plays. Um, is going to be ultimately what's going to fill the pipeline for a lot of our customers and hopefully win out in the end. So it sounds like B2B sales and marketing teams really need to f- focus more on the long game. And, uh, and buying cold lists it certainly was never a good, good idea. And in the face of a pandemic where buyers are working from home, it's really a non-starter. So I get, Theo, you know, what kind of approaches would you advise in, in this, kind of, this kind of an environment? Um, yeah, it's, there's, there's so much to consider right now and sort of just taking a, a generic campaign and going to market with a generic message is never going to work. Um, we see it happen so often where, you know, they're going with the same content, the same messaging um, that our clients always went to market with and the engagement just isn't there. So um, if we take a, a, a page from our ABM playbook, um, we start to work with our clients to think about the customer decision-making process. Um, so if, for example, the ITD decision-maker is who you're going after, who does he need to, he or she need to get buy-in from the rest of the organization? Do they need to set up a proof of concept? Um, do they need to prove back ROI? What kind of budgets and where do the budgets come from? Um, who can influence the decision in terms of what technology they go to? Um, so we're looking at not the individual, but it's that that is the decision-making process handled by that one person or is there a committee or a buying group within that organization? 
Um, so where we start off is look at your audience. Who is it you need to communicate to aside from who you want to communicate to? So if it is a buying group in the target account, what's the makeup of it? Um, if you're targeting a set of tier one organizations, um, you should start to understand what their organization structure looks like and who you need to be speaking to, who influences the buying decision, who approves the budget, who's going to be in charge with implementing your solution um, and engaging them all. So uh, on top of that, we look at from an, uh, an organization level, what are their business imperatives? Uh, what are they trying to drive? So we talked about uncertainty. What does that mean? Um, does that mean minimizing investment in new marketing technology? If so, then it's going to be very hard for you to sell a new solution into that account. Um, so we need to deeply understand where the organization is going after. Otherwise, you're quickly going to start burning uh, marketing dollars. Um, then once we've kind of aligned in terms of the strategy, the who we're going to communicate to in the accounts that we're going after, um, we work with our clients to look at what kind of data do they have available? Do they have contact information? Do they have firmographic information? Uh, what level of insight do we have to drive segmentation and personalized content into those accounts? Um, because like I said, the batch and blast, the generic messaging uh, going out in a market like this where nobody's making purchase decisions isn't going to get you anywhere fast. Um, we also start to look at what kind of campaigns do our clients have in market today? How can we leverage those to amplify the, the plays we're trying to drive to connect with sales, to connect with the right stakeholders in those organizations? Um, and then we uh, take that down a level and we look at what are your campaigns performing like today? Uh, are your benchmarks good? Do you have great engagement with the target accounts? Are your open rates clicks? What does your funnel look like end to end? Is sales converting marketing qualified leads? So it's a pretty comprehensive process to really uh, create an in-depth program that's going to drive success in the current environment. Um, from here, we always recommend integrated ABM. Um, it's very difficult to rely on one or two channels to drive all of your results. Um, very often we're working with clients who just want to do telemarketing programs, specifically cold calling. As you can imagine, they're super challenging right now. Um, so we're looking at how do we engage the contacts that we now understand because we've mapped it out through as many channels as possible to bring them into our ecosystem so we can sell whatever solution um, we're trying to uh, pitch to them. Um, beyond all of that is, you know, who, when, how we're going to engage accounts in, in the uh, pandemic landscape. Uh, we're still facing the challenge that we mentioned earlier, so connectivity. So even if you can get someone to open and read an email, getting them to pick up a phone is extremely challenging, especially when you think about in APAC, um, how diverse every single country is in the region. Um, I'll call out uh, Japan, Korea, Greater China, where people typically don't use mobile phones for business. So if you don't have a mobile phone number and people are working from home, it's next to impossible to reach them if you're reliant on that one channel to reach the audience that you're going after. So to try and address this, um, 
we're introducing a number of tools and capabilities um, to our callers or and to sales teams to give them a greater opportunity, as many chances as they can and as many channels to reach the audiences that they're trying to reach. Um, we are calling this Tele 2.0, so it's pretty exciting. Sounds intriguing. Um, let's uh, let's unpack this a bit further. Maybe Brad, could you could you speak a bit more about this Tele 2.0 concept? Yeah, exciting concept. The Tele 2.0 is is essentially, in a nutshell, it's it's referring to the utilization of platforms and tools at the disposal of the sales teams today. Um, this, this includes platforms such as like Outreach and Sales Loft, um, as an examples of platforms where uh, prospecting and lead qualification can be done via multiple channels, as Theo pointed out. Um, these could obviously still include the traditional telemarketing, calling, outbound calling, um, but it should include items like email and LinkedIn in-mail, um, and in include sophisticated chat and chat bots um, to, uh, for proactive and reactive chat um, to engage prospects when they're, as, as Theo said, in flight on the website and engaging straight away. Um, all of this is meant to help maximize the engagement um, with the prospects and obviously ultimately drive opportunities. Um, the ability to create qualified leads is, is, is much higher through this channel uh, because we have multiple channels, uh, multiple tactics for reaching out to the same prospect rather than just relying on one channel as Theo pointed out. Um, again, the uh, AMI research paper that came out as I referred to earlier on um, mentioned about 94% of the respondents said they all utilize LinkedIn for the digital marketing activity, um, but don't have tactics in place to leverage from a sales activity. Um, so again, if, we, if we're marketing and using this, this, this plethora of data from a marketing perspective, why aren't we tapping into this? Why are we ignoring it from a, a lead qualification pr uh, program perspective? Um, let's provide tools that enable um, BDR reps and sales reps to use this platform to engage with these contacts. Um, in fact, we've trialed with a number of clients across the region and most recently with a large multinational IT um, service provider where we did a tele-demand generation program and we leveraged some of this technology and we used multiple channels for trying to engage with prospects. And what we found was, in all honesty, we were able to generate close to half a million dollars in pipeline without connecting with prospects over the phone through the telemarketing team. So traditional telemarketing teams were engaged and upskilled in how to utilize the technology where they could utilize um, templated emails. They could go out to the prospects, could use templated engagement uh, tools through the likes of in-mail, et cetera, to make contact with the prospects. And we managed to reach prospects who were not reachable over the phone in the APAC region, yet we were able to connect with them through the other non-verbal communication uh, tactics and, and managed to, manage to um, convert into opportunities. Um, again, there was a, a published an article published on Impact Plus recently, which is a, a newsworthy website, um, where there was a quote that, that kind of resonated with me, which which it signed off an article which said, "To survive and thrive over the the long term, organisations may have to fundamentally reinvent the way their B two B sales force interacts with their customers. The traditional ways of selling appear to have uh, be giving way to innovative approaches." They will alter the way we communicate and do business, perhaps for the better. And I think that sums up exactly where we're going with this Tele 2.0. 
I'm, I'm really struck by the example you gave Brad earlier, where we actually ran a tele dimension program and, and, and generated half a million of pipeline where there was actually no tele involved. It was all digital. And I guess in some ways, tele 2.0, it sounds like it's, it's a, uh, it's a misnomer, but it's really more about, it is omnichannel. It's, it's about engaging with the prospect, the buyer, through other means than, than just the phone or, or mobile, right? So it's the sequences that you're referring to, whether it's email, in-mail, chat, digital, but essentially it's a digital engagement uh, or digital prospecting method um, that a, a sales development representative would use. So super, um, super powerful and, 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 and plays very well to the times. And, and uh, I guess I wanna now pivot back to Theo uh, you touched upon earlier the, the concepts of ABM and integrated programs. Could you, uh, could you dig into that a bit deeper as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, over the duration of this podcast, we've talked about, you know, the challenges in the market and the types of programs that we're running for our, for our customers. Um, but if you, it is a very challenging environment. Marketing in general right now is hard and ABM specifically is even harder. Um, if you asked a hundred different clients that we worked with, uh, what they, how they define ABM, you'd get a hundred different answers. Um, fundamentally, there's a specific set of accounts. You're trying to get leads into them. The business environment is super complex right now. It's super challenging to reach your audiences. Um, so if we were to sort of just at a bird's eye view, what we'd recommend, it's really drill down and understand the decision-making process in the accounts that you're going after. It's mapping that buyer journey and the decision-making process. And then ensuring we have as many channels as possible from sales, from telemarketing perspective to reach those contacts in those conversations to have, you know, the relevant, uh, relevant conversations at the right times. And I mean, there's a research paper released by AMI that talks that, you know, over 50% of responders, um, wanted to implement a solution like this. Um, there's huge appetite for organizations to be running integrated ABM programs to be empowering their sales teams with great leads and channels to reach their customers. So they could be smashing pipeline targets. Uh, but in that same research paper, only 6% of responders actually said they're seeing good ROI from their programs, which takes us back to the, um, the, how important data is and how important leveraging these channels are. So every engagement that you have with your customers is the right engagement at the right time. And when we talk about integrated programs, when we talk about omni-channel ABM, it's leveraging as many channels as you can to engage your audience and move them through that decision-making process. Uh, we talked about the buying journey being hugely complex and the decision-making process uh, harder than ever within organizations. If you can identify who you should be speaking to and with what message, your marketing tactics can focus on moving the entire committee or buying group throughout the decision-making process. Uh, so then when you do generate a lead with that IT decision maker, sales has all of the information they need and the account is primed to have a conversation. Wow, so we've covered, covered quite a bit of ground here. Um, talked a lot about the impact uh, of the pandemic 
on the way sales and marketing teams, uh, you know, have to rethink not just the customer journey, but how they're going to engage with prospects and buyers. And I guess I want to ask you both what you think the learnings are from this and, and where is this going? In other words, you know, have, are we redefining the way, you know, B2B marketing, sales and marketing is, is, uh, is going to market? Or once the pandemic is over, do, you, do we feel like it's going to go back to kind of business as usual? Uh, maybe, Brad, you could start. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think, like myself, a lot of the business leaders in the region are, are still looking for ways to add more flexible working arrangements right, for their teams. Um, most of us had to very quickly figure out how to enable our teams to work from home and ensure limited loss of productivity, et cetera. Um, and I think through that, we will continue with those types of uh, styles of, in, of programs. However, from a, a marketing specifically, I think, in, in my honest view, I think the traditional form of outbound telequalification style programs that we used to run in 2019 and previous and pre-COVID are probably going to make way for the more tele 2.0 style projects um, where there's going to be multi-channel style tactics for engaging with prospects and which means the the agency-based bdr will need to change shape slightly as well from the traditional telemarketing style programs as well i think there's always going to be a need to supplement obviously sales activity with other demand gen tactics um, and while telequalification is still a expensive form of marketing it's still the best way to gather intel and move prospects down the funnel quickly so i don't think it's going to go away i just think how we approach it um, is going to fundamentally change beyond and it will stay changed and continue to evolve moving to the post-pandemic world. Mm. I might just add to that, that, you know, just to call out, there's no silver bullet. Um, there's no magic pill for marketing. Um, marketing and sales teams are having a harder time than ever to fill their pipeline. Uh, the pressure is on for both sides of the party to deliver, um, to deliver quality and to deliver conversions. Um, organizations need to start thinking about that complex change decision-making process. They need, sales needs to start to look at engaging longer tail leads and marketing needs to start to build out programs over the longer period of time, specifically nurture capability. Um, and then uh, obviously, as we've re reiterated a number of times, we need to give sales as many opportunities as we can to speak to their prospects. In listening to you both uh, summarize, I guess, the learnings, the, the words of Winston Churchill come to mind, which is you know, never waste a good crisis. Uh, and, I, and for many, it seems that this pandemic has forced us to rethink our approach to sales development. I guess the good news is that we, you know, we seem to have found a new way that is actually better uh, and more effective for all parties, you know, whether that be the, the brands that are trying to engage with their buyers or the buyers themselves. Um, so many thanks, Brad and Theo, for a really insightful discussion. Great. Happy to be here. Yep. Thanks for having us. Good. Fantastic. And to find out more about Market One and our approach to sales development and to listen to more episodes of this podcast, please visit marketone.com forward slash funnelosophy.